at the signals for the Baltimore Colts. Unitas gives to Amici. The Colts to the world champion. Amici scores. Amazing. Sensational. Dramatic. Heart-rending. Exciting. Thrilling. Finish in the history of college football. California has won the big game. This is Phil Steele. This is Mike Burnham. This is Wes Durham. This is Mike Ashley. Hi, this is Chuck Foreman, number 44 of the Minnesota Vikings. Woo, mercy, this is handsome Jimmy Vance, the Boogie Woogie Man. This is Coach Fry with Virginia Tech Football, and you are listening to Big Dog Sports Talk. Are you ready to rock? Are you ready to roll? Okay, let's do it. You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network. 101.7, 103.5, and AM 1460. Streaming worldwide at WRADradio.com and the TuneIn app for your phone. Join the conversation now on the Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900, or text Rick and the show at 744-2990. And now your host, the big dog, Rick Watson. Human League this morning. Yes, have some. It's Thursday here on the program. We got a lot. We got a lot. A lot here early. Later on, Andy Bitter joins us from Tech Sideline. Zach Mackey, the voice of the Tech men's basketball team, and then uh, Dwight Vick. So we'll have all those wonderful people on in the second part of the program. 744-2990 is on the text line. Baker Team Hotline, 639-4900. You can email Rick at New River Radio or send me a message on Messenger because it's called Messenger. All right, we got a lot of things we need to get to today. First of all, we'll get it out of the way now. I don't want to talk about it, but I will. Uh, damaging, damaging loss for Radford University last night on the hardwood. The men had a 13-point lead over Charleston Southern, squandered it, and then lost in the basketball game on their home floor, 63-60. to It's a, a bad loss. I mean, there's no other way to say it. Um, a bad loss. Very dejected group. Coach Nichols, after the game, was really down, so... Highlanders will begin their second trek through the conference schedule coming up this weekend, traveling to upstate. The team that's in last, the thing about last night's game, Charleston Southern was 
last in the conference in scoring, last in the conference in field goal percentage, last in the conference in field goal percentage defense, last in the conference in eight categories, yet they came to the Dedman Center and knocked off Radford. And um, that's the third home loss again for Radford in conference play, and you just cannot afford to do that. You, you, just, you just can't. You can't lose home games in conference play. And shot selection was poor in the second half. I mean, and Dara said it after the game, felt like the team started battling itself when things started going awry instead of joining together and trying to fight against Charleston Southern. They started fighting amongst themselves. So it's a quick turnaround, a lot of soul searching to do. We'll head to uh, Spartanburg tomorrow night for the Saturday afternoon game at four. But that's a difficult defeat last night for the Highlanders. There's no two ways about it. They're now three and five in Big South Conference play. Three and five right now in Big South Conference play. Let's go to the Baker team hotline. Hey, good morning. Who's this? It's Rocky. How you doing there, big dog? Ah, I've been better, to be honest with you, after last night. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. Um, I missed the game, so I'll, I'll take the loss. The loss was on me. Yeah, uh, If I yeah. was there, they probably, they probably wouldn't have lost. Yeah, um, no doubt. You were there Saturday, and look how well they played. So They played great against Presbyterian. They played great. They did. You know, it looked like they were gonna. You know, it looked like they were gonna get on a run. It's uh, it's a really tough loss. Um, I'm as disappointed as anyone, and uh, hopefully they get it together because that's that's a bad loss. It was. And, uh, it was. Yeah. Hopefully they get it figured out, man. That's all I got. Talk to you later, big dog. Thanks, Rock. No, it was. And uh, Darius Nichols knows it. I mean, that's. Uh... You know, the team you're playing Saturday's one and seven. It's a team that you had to beat on a buzzer beater when they came down to Radford. Um, it, it's going to be a very interesting February for the Highlanders. There's a lot that they need to uh, shore up, a lot. And uh, we'll see how it goes today starting at practice. We have some breaking news that's not good news at all in case you uh, missed uh, the announcement about, oh, I don't know, it was about 7 o'clock last night. And this is bad for the ACC. This is bad for college football, and I think it's going to be the direction you're going to see college football continue to sink. Folks, college football is not going to survive under the current NIL portal construct. It is going to implode. It is going to implode ferociously. And everything that we all loved about college football is almost completely evaporated. Last night, Boston College head coach Jeff Halfley, who is just one hell of a football coach, and he's starting to get his program turned around there in Chestnut Hill, is leaving. That's right. He's leaving. He's led the Eagles to the past four seasons, and he's going to leave B.C. to become the defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. He's leaving, and people might say, well, he's going to the NFL. But obviously when you're the head coach of a program and then you go to be a coordinator, even if it's the next level, you're no longer a head coach. Uh, the Packers have uh, fired Joe Barry, so he's going to go there. He has a good relationship with Matt LaFleur, the Packers head coach. And Halfley, 
He already has some NFL coaching experience. He was a defensive backs coach for three different teams and then went back to the collegiate level in 2019. And here's the statement, and this is the statement that stands out. And I know right now if you're a Virginia Tech fan, you're like, hey, we don't really mind the portal. We don't mind the NIL. We didn't lose anybody. Well, this sums it up. I want to go coach football again in a league that's all about football. Here's what college coaching is. It's just become fundraising, NIL, having to recruit your own team back, and deal with transfers. There's no time to coach the game of football anymore. And it's really damning when you think about the professional part of the NFL, right, and everything that goes on with the salary cap and free agency and and all these things that happen, yet you're seeing a coach leave what is supposedly the amateur level of the sport to jump headfirst into the environment of the National Football League. There's no positive spin you can put on this. And yes, Tech fan, right now you're not feeling the effects. Know this, and this is going to be 100% correct, what Virginia Tech was able to obtain and to hold on to, yeah, it was terrific. It's an absolute anomaly. This isn't going to happen again. It's not going to happen every year. Many of you have responded already. I put it up on the Facebook page. This uh, post got uh, already like 7,000 impressions. A lot of great comments about it. Um, Jim said the current system will soon explode. Makes no sense. Sammy says he's so right in his thinking, like helping in a volunteer fire department, not having time to fight a fire. Paul Hightower said, wow, and he's 100% right. I've said for years, head coaches don't have time to coach anymore. Denny says, may speak volumes about where college football is headed. He's not wrong. Many posts about college football just being a train wreck, and it is. And right now, you may not, like I say, locally, you, you react to what your current hand is, right? If you play poker, you lay down your cards because you like your hand, you feel really good about winning that pot. Well, guess what? Virginia Tech may have a good hand right now, but you know how gambling works. (laughs) It's usually a 50-50 proposition, right? Like the episode of Seinfeld, you know, he was even Steven. The opposite episode where George is way down, then he's up. Elaine was way up, then she's down, but Jerry just kept breaking even. Well, that's going to happen, and it's going to happen to Brent Pry and Virginia Tech too. And then you're going to feel that hit home here. But this is bad for college football. It's bad for the ACC. And look, this isn't some older coach now. I love the way people tried to immediately shuffle that under the rug. Not you people, because you're the smartest listening audience in radio. But I saw some national pundits, and you see people post, well, when an old coach decides or an older coach. For instance, even Nick Saban, arguably the greatest college football coach of all time, at least we know that's true of his generation. We'll say it this way. The greatest college football coach in the last 25 years. He stepped down, and he cited some of these things. I heard bozos on, on other shows. I don't know why I do that. But anyway, they were lit, talking about how oh, he just can't handle it anymore. This is a guy who reaped benefits of it. Now he doesn't want to do it. I think it says more the fact that, yes, Alabama did reap benefits from the system because they're Alabama. 
Nobody's going to outbid Alabama if they want a player. And he still walked away from it. And he said basically the same thing. It's not about coaching anymore. Go down the list of older coaches, either in college basketball or college football or generations prior. I don't want to call them older. That's ageist. I just want to say generations that grew up and coached, played in a different era and where we are now. And now you have younger coaches. This is a young man, a young head coach. Here's the statement. Coaching has become nothing more than fundraising, NIL, recruiting your own team back and dealing with transfers. There's no time to coach football anymore. I want to coach football. This is going to hit Brent Pry. He's going to have a decision to make as well as a younger head coach. Sure, it all looks great right now. It all looks great right now. All those players came back. They brought some guys in out of the portal. They didn't lose anybody significantly. Yes, you're right. The waters look pretty good for 2024. Are you going to assume that's going to continue to be the case? Look, you want a simple answer here as to why Virginia Tech was able to retain all the players who allegedly had offers somewhere else? It's because they weren't highly sought after. Enough said. Tech was able to win them back. I don't know exactly what the numbers are. I know they all got paid. But if Bashal Tootin had a better offer at a different Power Five, he would have gone. He didn't. If Ali Jennings would have had a better offer at a different Power Five, he would have gone. He didn't, coming off an injury. He's coming back. Any of those players you want to name that are coming back are coming back because, one, they got paid a lot more money, and secondly, they didn't get a better offer somewhere else. That's where we are today. Those are facts. I'm glad they're back. I'm glad for Brent Pry. I'm glad for you, Hokie Nation. I really am. But to think that this is going to be the way it's going to happen at Virginia Tech every year is just wrong. College football is getting ready to go into a place that it may not recover from for a long time. And all of this is going to be regulated at some point. Not sure how it's going to look. I don't know what can happen with no leadership in collegiate sports. I don't know exactly who's going to step forward. God, I hate the idea of the government getting involved because the government can't stay out of its own way now, trying to keep the country from imploding into the sea. But I don't know how it's going to look, but I know one thing, you're going to see more and more lawsuits, and we're going to get into that in case you missed it. The state of Virginia is entangled now, along with the state of Tennessee, in a massive lawsuit against the NCAA and the NIL. Here we go. Buckle up. College football, as you know it, and I know it, is over. It's over. The least of our worries now is conference realignment. Remember how that was the big thing? Oh, my goodness, how's the conference going to look? These conferences are not going to be around in a couple of years. Doesn't matter whether you're in the ACC. Doesn't matter whether you're in the Big Ten, SEC. It's all going to be one collective pot of uh, Power Five would-bes, right, that are going to make the most money. And that's going to happen now, I believe, because of all this, sooner than later. Everybody's worried about the ACC, all this crap by adding Cal and Stanford, which still is just a ridiculous notion to begin with. 
Doesn't matter about Jim Phillips, what he says publicly. Doesn't matter what any of these commissioners say publicly. Everybody knows where this is headed. This is all headed into one big college football Chip Kelly model, and it's going to happen sooner or later. This is going to be tied up in litigation now going forward. This lawsuit I'm going to get into here coming up is the first of going to be many. Lawyers are going to just be smiling all over the country. You're right, Hokie Bob. Because this is now a war, and college football doesn't have anybody running it that can fight it properly. There are no generals in college football. And the ones that we have respect for are leaving left and right. It's a bad day. It's a bad day for college football. It's a bad day for the ACC. When Jeff Halfley says, hey, look, I'm going to go be a coordinator in the NFL because I want to coach football, I can't do that anymore at Boston College. We'll be back. The head of the trail Where are we going So far away Somebody told me Jeff Halfley going so far away from uh, Chestnut Hill Good uh, text message from Bobby He says College football just lost arguably its two best coaches in one coaching cycle. He's right. Nick Saban, Jim Harbaugh just won the national championship. Now, Harbaugh leaving Michigan, you know, he's expressed frustration as well with that, but I think this is more about all the scrutiny with the uh, sign stealing than anything else. Plus, he's been flirting with the NFL for the last several years. So, a little different, but it doesn't change Bobby's facts. I mean, you – you know Nick Saban was highly regarded as the best coach in the country, and you can't throw Jim Harbaugh out. I mean, he's won everywhere he's gone. So now college football has lost those two guys. It's a worse sport without those guys in college football. I don't care what happened at Michigan or the allegations. I think it's just like recruiting used to be. Everybody's doing it, so whatever. But anyway – it's it's a it's a trend that it hasn't hit home in Blacksburg yet. It will. I'm not saying coaches are going to leave. But I'm just saying what we're seeing happening across the country. This is not how anyone thought this was going to work as it evolved. I guess we got to look at it and say, no, not going to fool us again. We have to be smarter to think that this out of control, no. I mean, there's absolutely no checkpoint, right? There's no obligation by any school right now to have to regulate its own NIL as long as you have the money. This whole thing, did any of this ever make sense? I mean, seriously. I mean, this was the solution, right? Once the NCAA lost, it threw its temper tantrum and just let anything happen. And when you let anything happen that regards money and greed, it's going to fall to society and it's going to just fall underneath. And just like Gotham City is what it's going to be. All right? College football's just become Gotham City. I don't know if there's a dark knight out there. Is there a Batman out there that can try to keep it in order? I, I don't know. Doesn't seem to be because everybody's concerned about shuffling for survival and your. Current conference alignments, everybody's trying to shuffle for the next best TV deal. Nobody 
or at least it doesn't seem like nobody. I won't say nobody, but it doesn't seem like there's anybody who's thinking about the best interest of the structure of the sport, the long-term security of the student-athletes, and more importantly, me and you, the fans. Hey, we're the least important thing in this whole equation. It's ugly. It's ugly. We'll get into the Virginia-Tennessee lawsuit when we come back. great text messages on this before uh, I think starting to understand how bad this really is I know it sounds like a job that nobody cares about right it's Boston College football it's not about that job it's not about that school it's about the scenario surrounding a young coach who has a lot of respect from around the nation deciding that he's leaving his job because college football is just unacceptable in his eyes. And this isn't, again, this isn't some curmudgeon, you know, some older guy. He's going to the NFL to be a defensive coordinator. He looks at that environment as being a safer place to go than the current one in college football. That should scare the hell out of all of you. Scares me. Just discussing it, one of our textures, I mean, the only way, the NCAA has no power to stop any of this. They know that. That's why they this whole crap with what they're doing with Tennessee is a joke. And I've said it before, and I can only use this example. When they open Pandora's box, they can't put the lid back on. They know that if they try, the lawsuits to follow would be by the hundreds, and they would lose every one of them, just like they've lost every lawsuit they've ever, ever had filed against them that went to a judge or a jury or whatever it might be. Remember, when they tried one last time to fight all this, they lost nine to nothing. They didn't get one vote because those judges all realized how corrupt the NCAA has been regarding the payment of student-athletes and sharing the revenue. The only way it's going to happen, and this is sad, (laughs) the government is going to have to somehow create a bill, somehow legislate this. And I believe they're going to be motivated. People might say, well, why would they be motivated to? Because they want their tax cut. They want their tax money out of the NIL collectives and from these student athletes. They want to know what people are making. They're going to have to file taxes on this, right? Because the government's only motivated by money and corruptness. Let's just say it the way it is. Why would they get involved? Because they're being left out of the pie. Right? That's what it's all about. They're not getting any cuts from this. There's no tax money. You pay Kyron Drones a million dollars, right? We don't know that for sure, do we? What does he have to file? What doesn't he have to file? You think the government's going to allow this to go on much longer? Come on. And really, it's the only answer in terms of trying to rope it in because the NCAA is just laughable. Absolutely laughable.
What's not laughable is what also came down yesterday. The attorneys general of Virginia and Tennessee filed an antitrust lawsuit against the NCAA. Uh-oh. NCAA and lawsuit. Run for your lives. That challenged its ban on the use of name, image, and likeness compensation in the recruitment of college athletes and in response to the association's investigation of Tennessee. Virginia is joining hand-in-hand with Tennessee. And we talked about how ridiculous this notion was yesterday where the NCAA is trying to accuse Tennessee of, you know, enticing and luring recruits with the NIL. Well, again, no blank, Sherlock. That's why it's the NIL. The lawsuit was filed in the Eastern District of Tennessee. It seeks to undercut NCAA rules against recruiting inducements and claims the association is, quote, enforcing rules that unfairly restrict how athletes can commercially use their name, image, and likeness at a critical juncture in the recruiting calendar, end quote. These anti-competitive restrictions violate the Sherman Act, harm the states and the welfare of their athletes, and should be declared unlawful and enjoined, end quote. Uh, the Virginia AG is um, Jason Myaris. In Tennessee, it's Jonathan Skirmetti. And they've asked the court for a temporary restraining order and preliminary injunction by February 6th that would prohibit the NCAA from enforcing NIL recruiting rules while the lawsuit played out. And this is exactly what I have been talking about, Pandora's box. Right? I just said it. Even before this lawsuit, we've talked about they don't have any power to do anything. Here they are. They, you know, threatened Tennessee the other day. We talked about it. We talked about it yesterday. Talked about it Monday. Well, here's a response immediately, people understanding how ridiculous it is, the NCAA trying to do anything at this point. Here is what the NCAA said in response. This legal action would exasperate um, all uh, what our members themselves have frequently described as a Wild West atmosphere. Further tilting competitive imbalance among schools in neighboring states and diminishing protections for student athletes from potential exploitation. <laughs> All the NCAA did for a hundred years was exploit student athletes, and they used the word exploitation. Really? Oh, I love this one too. Here's the quote. The NCAA remains firmly committed to protecting and expanding student-athletes' NIL rights and opportunities. However, our membership has steadfastly supported the prohibition on impermissible recruiting contacts, booster involvement in recruiting prospects, and the use of NIL offers as recruiting inducements. Oh, wow. You can't make it up. You can't make it up. This is like looking at a presidential press conference about uh, why the border is out of control. Um, again, this latest legal attack on the NCAA came a day after Tennessee's chancellor ripped the uh, NCAA for saying they're going to investigate the school for potential recruiting violations related to NIL deals. NCAA is already facing a prior lawsuit of state attorney generals challenging the association's transfer rules. Charlie Baker, the NCAA president, 
sorry, sorry. Uh, have been pleading has been pleading for federal lawmakers to regulate the NIL. Yes, their only chance is the government. Like I just said, I think I just said. NCAA is trying to prevent itself from constantly being dragged into court. This is the quote in the article because they're over. Earlier this month, the NCAA approved a set of NIL regulations aimed at creating transparency in the market for athletes and protecting them from potential bad actors. I don't even know what that means. So this is at a point of no return, just as Kansas, the great band, sang years ago. We're almost at the point of no return. And it's going to happen. And I like to look at everything locally. To put it in perspective of many of you who, again, are pretty quiet right now because things fell in favor of Virginia Tech. Every player that brought back was paid. Tech offered more than anybody wanted any of those players. You know how we were celebrating, oh, this guy's coming back. Wow, this guy's coming back. Yeah. Gee, last time I checked, that's the NIL. So the NCAA trying to say, look, we don't want to use the NIL to entice recruits. Well, you're re-recruiting your own team, which is what Jeff Halfley just said in his statement as he left Chestnut Hill last night. So that's recruiting, right? That's why the NIL's in place. Kyron Drones didn't hang around because he just loves Blacksburg that much. That is re-recruiting your players. You have to do that. And Tech did a nice job of it this off year. Now, keep in mind, me using Tech in his example doesn't mean that I think Tech has done anything wrong because they have not. They did it well, not wrong. It's not always going to be like this, as I said. And although there haven't been any figures reported, I know a lot of people over in Blacksburg, and I know how much money was spent to secure their latest high school recruiting class. Guess what? That's happening all over the country. Right? It's no longer recruiting. It's about hiring. Let's quit. Let's just quit saying anything else about how this is identified. This is no longer about your recruiting class. This is about who were you able to hire to come and potentially develop into a football player. This is straight up. David Teal said it yesterday. And if you don't want to listen to me, listen to one of the most respected journalists on the East Coast. Right? What does NIL stand for? He says, now it's legal. And he said, Rick, let's quit using it as a crutch. This is flat out pay for play. That's what it is. Let's stop throwing out all these other terms. He's right. Let's take off the mask. Let's don't be political about this. This is pay for play. I've given you the Mike Morrell story. Down at Asheville, they just won the championship last year. They had the best player in the conference, Drew Pember, in the Big South. Rick, I've offered six high school kids. This was off the record, but I said, Coach, this is great. I'd like to talk about this on my show. Feel free because it's out there. I'm not hiding anything. I'm just telling you what I've experienced. So he, he's 
He doesn't have a problem with me talking about it. Offered, this is UNC Asheville basketball. It's a really good Big South program, but we're not talking about, you know, Michigan. We're not talking about Kentucky here. UNC Asheville, every kid I offer, either a parental representative or someone else, once we got through all the initial slap on the back, dinner, touring of the campus, okay, so how much would we get if we commit here? Because guess what? We got this much at another place. Do you realize that these folks that are representing the recruits are bringing pictorial evidence? I won't name any other coaches. This is what I was told by other coaches that I have talked to throughout this year. I'll talk to a lot of coaches. Folks, I don't, I don't just pull this stuff out of the air. I only share with you what I know to be true just given the environment in which I live in my profession. Coaches are talking about how now these reps, if you want to call them agents, go ahead because I guess that's what they are. They bring receipts. This is where we are. Well, here's what they offer. And if you don't want to believe me, if you save you the time, here's what they're going to get, either from a business connection with the school, an alum, or here's what the collective this since there's no paperwork that the collectives have to show. This is what we're getting. Can you top this? This is the type of thing. I'm not saying every recruitment's the same at all. I'm just telling you, this is what I've been told. And this is what Jeff Halfley is talking about in his statement yesterday. That paragraph that he released should be the most concerning to you, even if you are a Virginia Tech football fan and excited about the fact everybody's coming back and you added some transfer portal pieces in 2024. I want to go go coach football game. I'm going to read it again. If this doesn't concern you, then I don't think you really care about college football. This isn't some 70-year-old – this isn't Mac Brown deciding to hang up his whistle because he just can't handle the new college. This isn't Roy Williams and Mike Shashevsky and in college basketball. This isn't Jay Wright. This isn't these guys. This is a young head coach who was just finally starting, I think, to turn the corner in Chestnut Hill. He wants to go coach football again in a league that is all about football. College football coaching is nothing more now than fundraising, NIL, and recruiting your own team back and figuring out transfers. There's no time to coach football anymore, and I'm not about that. That should be very concerning to anybody who likes college football. Right? Because this is a guy who loves Boston College. He's been on this program a couple of times. We did that in the first couple of years. He loves college coaching. He's going to the NFL. You're going to see more of this. This is going to keep happening. You're going to see programs left high and dry by their coaches. And this is a guy who makes a lot of money. You think about it. These are coaches that make a lot of money. Shows you that money isn't necessarily everything. Now, there's going to be jobs open. There's going to be coaches there to fill it because you're going to make a lot of money and these coaches want their own programs. But how long are they going to stay in? Are we going to have the 
the dinosaurs who stay at schools. The Frank Beamer era is over. No more Bobby Bowdens, right, staying at a school. No more Tom Osborne's for decade after decade. For one thing, administrations aren't like that anymore, but coaches aren't going to have the desire to stay in it anymore. You know, you watch a lot of college football. The game itself, I think, is suffering because coaches don't have time to coach. The inconsistencies we see out of teams each week, let's just go with Virginia Tech, right? Started out the season very poorly. Middle of the season, they got back on track. Last third of the season, they got much better. Sometimes we don't have a reason for why it goes like a roller coaster. One week it looks good. One week it doesn't. One week it looks okay. One week it looks bad. One week it looks great. I don't think coaches across the country have enough time to focus on making their teams better because they're constantly dealing with all this other crap with the NIL and guys threatening to leave into the transfer portal. It's not going to get any better. It's going to get much, much worse. And when it starts to hit Virginia Tech, then I think people around here will be a little more concerned. Like I say, it's easy right now because everything is secure and you got everybody back. But beyond 2024, don't ever expect it to be that way again because it's not. All right, wrapping up hour number one, we'll get into all this with Andy Bitter, Dwight Vick as well. I know we'll have some great thoughts. Zach Mackey going to join us. We'll preview Tech's big basketball weekend, Coral Gables. Hope you're well, wherever you might be. Good stuff. Keep the text messages coming in. I'd love to get your thoughts on all this. 744-2990. We'll be back to wrap up Hour 1. This is Coach Bobby Bowden at Florida State telling you to be sure to listen to Big Dog Sports Talk with that sorry rascal Rick Watson. Rest in peace, Coach. Boy, I'd like to be able to talk to him about all this. <laughs> I really would. Oh, my goodness. By the way, speaking of NIL, if you watch college basketball tonight, the National Big South game is on ESPNU. By the way, Radford is going to be on the National Big South game on February 15th. That announcement comes later this morning, but I'm giving you breaking news here on the program. I guess i got to hit that now. Hang on. Hang on here before we head out because it is breaking news. The Highlanders will be on national TV uh, February 15th. Their Winthrop game is going to get chosen to be the ESPNU game. That will be an 8 o'clock game here in a couple of weeks. All right. Um, <laughs> you're going to watch High Point tonight. If you watch them, they're undefeated in the conference. They have 18 wins, and all five starters were bought and paid for the NIO. Because they are a private school and their NIL is much different than everyone else's in the Big South. And here's the other aspect of all this. We don't get into enough, but uh, there is an unevenness that does create the have and have-nots even in a conference like the Big South, maybe even especially in a conference like the Big South. Alan Huss came in. He was the top assistant at Creighton. Of course, you know year in and year out, Creighton's always in your bracket, right, in the NCAA tournament. Seems like they go to the Sweet 16 once every two or three years. So he understands what it takes. And they went out, had a collective that was ready to pounce, and they went out and got starters, and they are the best team in the Big South. That's how quickly it can happen in basketball. 
and it's happened down there. And you'll watch them tonight against Longwood, and you'll see what I'm talking about. That's a really, really good team because they could afford it. Hour two coming up. Love to hear from you on the text line, 744-2990. Hour two, stay with us.